2006, there was a song entitled, In God We Still Trust. It was by the group called Diamond Rio. And in 2006, they released this song, and it was one of their greatest hits that they have ever had. Um, it, it floated around on the top ten for several weeks. It was one that played over the radio. And, and these are the lyrics of the song. You place your hand on his Bible... When you swear to tell the truth. His name is on our greatest monuments and all of our money too. When you pledge allegiance, there is no doubt where we stand. There is no separation. We're one nation under Him. In God we still trust here in America. He's the one we turn to every time the going gets rough. He's the one... He's the source of our strength, the one that watches over us here in America. In God, we still trust. Now, there are those among us who want to push him out and erase his name from everything that this country is about. From the schoolhouse to the courthouse, they're silencing his words here in America. In God, we still trust. When you think about the lyrics of those songs... I want you to ask three questions. Number one, are we still a nation that trusts in God? Number two, why do we, ex- why do we ask not, uh, why do we pray for things here in America and pray for, for our leaders? And number three, why is it that people are wanting to push out God in America? As you can see behind me, some very pictures that instill, encapsulate this song that, that we just sang. Number one, his name is on our greatest monuments and our money too. Here, here you can see the Speaker of the House where they sit looking at, a, at all 435 representatives that represent different regions of the United States. And that's where they sit and make sure that the people's house are in order. And what's right behind them above their name? In God we trust. There is you enter into the, the, the visitor center of the Capitol. You can see the words. You can't really see them well on this PowerPoint, but it says the same thing. In God we still trust. They're on our money. You can see the same emblem, the same same motto. In God we trust. This song was written in 2006, five years after a great event that happened in our nation. 2011, 9-11, where those twin towers were collapsed. And what happened on that day? People came together. People went to God in prayer. Why? Because He was the one, as this song says, He's the one we go to when the going gets rough. Is this song true? Is is He the only one that we turn to when the going gets rough? And why are people wanting to push out God? People are wanting to push out God because they don't believe in God, because they don't trust in God. They don't, they don't believe in God, therefore they do not trust in Him. This morning I want to simply talk about this idea of trust. What does it mean to trust? What does it mean to have a biblical trust? What does it mean to have faith in God and to trust in Him that He will direct our paths? I want to begin this morning by looking at some pillars of trusting in God. Here is a, here is a house, here is a, a structure 
And any good structure, as, as we know from the Bible and from uh, things today, you have to have a good foundation. Before, uh, my dad's a building inspector, and I know uh, Greg's a builder. And what, what, what do you have to do when you build a house? You've got to make sure it has a good, solid, strong foundation. Because if this foundation is poorly poured, if it's not solid, what's going to happen to that whole structure? It's going to collapse. Friends, it's the same way with our faith. We've got to make sure that our foundation is built upon our faith. That is our belief in God, that we assure that God is who He is and that He is going to take care of us and that He is going to be the one that is this. This is the foundation for everything we do. Any relationship cannot be successful unless it has that true, solid foundation of faith. That goes from your marriage, trusting your spouse, having faith in your spouse, Having your children, your friendship, your employer, employee relationship, it all builds upon faith, builds upon trust. We cannot be Christians, God wants us to be, unless we trust in Him. If we are not trusting, then we are simply sinning. 134 times this word trust is found in the Bible. So we see that number one, we have to have the foundation of faith, that we have to have a solid rock foundation, just like Jesus said we must have in Matthew chapter 7, 24 and following. But hold up this banner of trust that we want to have. we got to have three or four essential pillars to understanding trust. Number one is God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. And when we talk about sovereignty, what we're talking about is God rules and is in control. That God is the one that, that oversees everything. He is the one that is in control of everything. You know, there's the old saying that I don't care who the president is because why? Jesus is still king. And that's why is that? Because God is sovereign. And why can we say that? It doesn't matter who the president is because Jesus is king. Because God is sovereign. Because he is in control. He rules and, and, and oversees the things of the world. Daniel chapter 7 teaches us that. But not only God's sovereignty, but God's goodness. God's goodness. That we serve a God... That is a good God. That He is a, a loving God. And that's that's really the fourth pillar I think I have in your notes. But He is a one that is good. That He is not one that wants evil to happen to us. But He is one that wants to have, have good to us. And the third essential pillar is God's infinite wisdom. That God knows what is best for our lives. You might be thinking, why is it that I'm going through this? Why is it that, that maybe this thing is going the way it is? It's not going as planned. Maybe it's because it's God's infinite wisdom. Maybe it's because He knows something better in your life that you need to go through. Maybe, maybe you need to be humbled a little bit and God's going to test you through those things. But God is a God of infinite wisdom. That He is full of, of wisdom and knowledge and knows what is best for our life. But all... Of these things, the idea of God's sovereignty, God's goodness, His infinite wisdom, can be summarized in this one thing. It is the nature of God and God's love. It is God's nature to be sovereign. It is God's nature to be good. And it is full, He is full of wisdom which describes His nature. What I want us to do this morning is to simply look at one passage and pull several points from this passage it is a verse that you probably know and memorize. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and verse number 6, where the Bible simply says, Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your 
paths. And that's the passage in which I want us to look at and study this morning. The first point I want to look at from this passage is the command of trust. And we look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, we have to understand that this is a command. This is not a suggestion. It's not something you can do part of the time, but it is a command that we are to keep as people of God, as Christians, following Him and believing in Him, is that we simply have to trust in Him. Now, there are several things I want us to look at under this idea of command. I want us, number one, what does it really mean to trust in God? Trust in in the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, defines it as this. The assurance... Allegiance on the character, the ability, the strength, the truth of someone or something. And then the second definition is this, to cling to. It is the assured alliance on the character, the ability, the strength, the truth of someone or something. The ability to cling to. Why is it that a son or a daughter clings to their mother or their father? It's because they trust in them, right? They, they provide all the essential things of life to them. They provide them the place to live. They provide them food. They provide them clothing. And they trust in them that they're going to take care of them. They think in their eyes that they're what? Superheroes. And that's the way we need to look at God. God is our Father. And we need to trust in Him. Go with me to John chapter 14. Here is a very familiar passage to us. But I think this passage helps us understand Biblical trust a little bit better. John chapter 14. We're going to look at the first four verses. But when we look at these verses, I want us to look at this. It means to have faith in God plus hope equals trust. I think that's a biblical definition that can be taken from these passages of John 14, 1 through 4. That if we have faith in God, that is believing in Him, that we are going to have the hope of heaven, that He is going to give us the things that He has promised to us, and that He is sovereign and going to take care of us. What does that mean? We're going to trust in Him. Look at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. He says, Let your heart not be troubled. If you believe, that's faith, in God, believe also in me. Hey, if you believe in God, you believe in me, I'm His Son, therefore you believe in both of us. Verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself where I am. There you may be also. And what is he talking about there? He's talking about heaven. Don't you hope to go to heaven? Don't you have the expectation of going to heaven? And don't you trust that you're going to be able to go there? It's because of your faith in God. It's the idea of, hey, he is going to prepare a place for us and that we have the hope of eternal life. Faith plus hope is trust. You trust that Jesus is going to give you that place of eternal life in Him. And that is what we've seen here in John 14, 1 through 4. But under the idea of the command of trust, we have to understand, number one, the person of trust. The person. Going back to Proverbs 3 and verse number 5, trust in the who? Lord. Jehovah, Yahweh, trust in the Lord. Now, as you look at this this picture up here on this slide, I want you to notice a few of these things. These are all the different names for God in the Bible. you got El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Adonai, Lord Master. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah, Yahram, the Lord is my shepherd. And you can go through all these. Elohim means God. You can see all these things that mean God. And what does that talk about? He is the person 
that we are to trust in. This is His nature. This is who God is. He is the God that is Almighty. He is the God who is Lord, uh, High God. He is the Lord Master. He is Lord Jehovah. He is our banner. He is our shepherd. He is the one that heals us. He is the one that is there. He is the righteous one. He's the one that sanctifies us. He is everlasting. He's the one that's going to provide. He's the one that's going to have peace. He is the Lord of hosts. Friends, if we understand who God is and we understand His nature, which is this slide right here, isn't it going to be a whole lot easier to trust in God? If we understand the person that we are to trust in, God, all these things, isn't it going to be a whole lot easier to trust in Him? I think if we understand who God is, it's going to be easy to understand who we are to trust in. You know, there's a story about a farmer and a son. They were cutting hay one summer on one of those summer months. It's hot. They were working very hard. They got done cutting the hay. They had bailed it up. They had put it on the tra- uh, the tra- trailer. They were taking it to the barn and they're throwing it up into the loft for the upcoming winter. And as they're throwing them up in the loft, the, the, boy, the dad threw the last one up there. The boy grabs it, puts it in his place, and the, and the father said, Come down, son, I'll catch you. As the boy takes off running, he jumps off from the loft of that barn and face place plants right onto the ground. The boy hurts himself. He dusts himself off. He's kind of limping and he's crying. And he says, Dad, why did you do that? He says, to teach you a lesson, son. Never trust anybody. Friends, there's somebody we can trust. Number one, we have to understand we are commanded to trust him. But he is somebody that we can put our faith assurance and our trust in, and that is the Lord God, Jehovah. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, very quickly. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. We're going to know some other things about the the command of trust here, about who God is. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, there's a battle going on. But notice what it says here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In verse number 6. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Are you not the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hands are not their power and might? And so no one is able to withstand you. Notice there. That's who God is. He says, Lord, aren't we our fathers? Are we? Are you not the God of the heavens? That's his place. That's that we are to trust in God because he is the God of heaven. Number two, are you not the one that rules in the kings of nations? Again, emphasizing the idea that God is a God that is sovereign, that has his that rules over the kingdoms of men. But notice this. He says, And in your hands is not power am I and able to withstand you. They are talking about God as a God that is full of power and of might. We need to trust in God. Because he is the person of trust, number one, because we trusted him because of who he is. Because of who he is. And we can see that there. We should trust in God because he is holy, because he is a king, because he is all powerful, and because he loves you. Because he is the God that loves us. We need to not only trust in God because of who He is, but we need to secondly trust in God because of what He has done. Because of what He has done. These, these people here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 understand and knew God had already done a lot for them. So they sought Him 
Again, look at Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning in verse number 12. Our, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against the great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what is to do, but our eyes are upon you. Or are they saying, hey, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to fight. So what are we doing? We're turning our attention to you. Number one, the first thing that these people did was they sought God. They sought and seeked after God. But secondly, they praised God. Look at verse 19. The Levites and the children of the Kohites and all the children of the Kohites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Here they are having the salvation, having this victory of this war. And notice, they didn't turn their attention to them. They didn't say, oh, we won this battle. But what did they do instead? They praised the one that helped them win this battle. They put their trust in God. Look at verse number 20. So they rose early in the morning and went to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Israel, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and he shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. Or are they simply saying they trusted in Him? And what was the results? They gave thanks. They gave thanks to the God of heaven because of who, what He has done. Because of the deliverance that they were able to do. Friends, when we go through trials and we trust in God and God delivers for us, we need to do these same things. We need to seek God. We need to, number two, praise Him. We need to put our trust in Him. And we need to give thanks to the God of heaven. But, but thirdly, we need to trust in God because of what He will do. We need to trust in God because of who He is, because of what He has done, and because of what He will do. That is past, present, and future. We need to trust in God because of what He will do. He will deliver us. He will keep His promises. He will give us those places. So we see in this passage of Proverbs 3, verses 5, through six, trust in the Lord, that is the person. Lean not on your own understandings. The second point under this command is there is a problem. And that is what people want to lean on their own understandings, right? And God simply says here, lean not on your own understandings. This is a problem that, that, that people have. The world teaches us that we should trust in our own lives, that we should rely on other things than on God. I want you to think about it. I'm, I'm flying, you know, next week. I'm going to put a lot of trust in a pilot, right? I mean, I'm, put, I'm trusting that that airline has made sure that his certification is up, that that pilot has checked the aircraft, that that pilot has checked the whole thing, that there's fuel in the plane. I'm not seeing any of this, but you know what I'm doing? I'm putting my hands in trust to that pilot. There's a song that's probably my favorite song. 222 at home. I don't know if this songbook has it. It's called, He Will Pilot Me. Although I cannot see the way or uh, dark, tempestuous seas. What does that song simply say? I know that He is my friend and that He will safely guide me. Life is a, life is a, is a, is a plane ride. And we need to put our hands in the pilot of life, and that is God. And because we don't need to lean on our own to understand. We need to be a passenger in this life and put our faith and trust in Him in those things. People put uh, put their trust, as I said, pilots, teachers, cooks. Many people sadly turn their trust over to drugs and alcohol to find those solutions, but we never can find them. 
But are you a person that worries? We talked about this on Wednesday night there where Jesus says, don't worry about these things. Matthew 6, verse number 24. But what does he say? Seek first the kingdom of God and this righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You you want the solution to life? Seek God and his righteousness. Put your faith in him. Put your trust and allegiance to him. That's not to say that, hey, once you do those things, that there's not going to be bad things happen to you. But you know what? You're in the hands of a worthy God. A worthy that, a God that is worthy of praise and adoration. But we have to also notice the path. Trust, lean, trust in the Lord. That's the command. Lean not on your own understanding. That's the problem. People want to guide their own lives instead of trusting God. And He shall direct your path. That is the path of trust. You know, we like to plan. You know, I got a plan next week, right? I'm going to, I'm going to do this on Saturday. I'm going to do this on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Boom. What happens when those plans go wrong? We, we have a panic attack, right? We, we, we worry because the things didn't go as planned. But what about this way of life? What happens when you don't get the job you want? What happens when maybe a bad time happens? You know, I remember as a, High school student, I had plans. I had plans to go to college. I wanted to be an athletic trainer. I wanted to go to North Georgia, just an hour and a half from home. Got the acceptance. Or the, I got the letter in the mail. It wasn't the acceptance letter. It was a letter saying, hey, you're not, you're not, you're not smart enough to go here, essentially. Okay? So I ended up having to go to a different college, which was the best, best choice in my life. Right? I had a plan. I had a path that I wanted to go down. But you know what? God had a better plan for me. And I truly believe in providence. I truly believe that that was a story of providence to help me. But God knew what was better for me. God will provide for us if we trust in Him. And you can look at... I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to go through this quickly. But there's some other references there in Psalms 147, 8 9, and Matthew 6, and verse 33. And this is what I want to conclude with. If, if, if we understand the person of trust, and we understand that there's a problem... And if there's a pathway, you know what the result of all this is going to be? It's going to end in a prayerful lifestyle, right? How is it that we demonstrate our trust to God? By praying, right? Cast all your cares and worries upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. We pray to God because He is one that we care for. But I want to ask this this morning. The question is is not, do we pray? But how do you pray? You know, many times there's a little qualifier we like to throw in prayers. You know what that is? Thy will be done, right? We, we, like, we like to throw that in because it sounds good, right? But what does that mean? Lord, I really hope I get this job if it be thy will. But what are you really saying? Lord, give me this job. Give me this promotion if it be thy will. But then we get upset when we don't happen. Maybe the Lord's closing that door to open up a better door for you. That, that, that phrase there, if thy will be done, is saying, hey, Lord, I want this path, but I'm willing to put the path that, I, that you want me to go to in your hands. Now, that, the idea of a prayerful lifestyle demonstrates trust, but we need to make sure that we are praying a prayer that demonstrates trust. Using that phrase, thy will be done. Lord, I'm putting this into your hands. Lord, I just want to glorify you in whatever I do. Put me in the path that I can do that. The most. So that was all point number one. So, so we're going to have to go through this. Point number two is the conditions. The conditions. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lay not on your own things. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. There's two things I want us to notice about the conditions. Number one, I want you to notice that this is an entire trust. Lean not on your own understandings in A-L-L, all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. See, when we trust in God, we can't simply say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you today, but I'm not going to trust you tomorrow. When we trust in God, we have to understand that this is an entire full brought program that we have to do. If we're not trusting God with all your heart, then you're not trusting. It'd be like me sitting in a chair. And you know you know what we sometimes do if we don't trust the chair? We, we don't put all our weight in it, do we? We just kind of maybe sit on the edge of it. Or, But if we fully trust in a chair, you know what you do? You sit down and you lean back. You put your full weight and assurance in that chair. What are you doing with your trust in God? Are you just sitting on the edge of your seat? Not fully sitting back in it? Not fully, entirely putting your trust in God? We have to do, we got to do our full trust in Him. Lord, I trust you, but just not with my money. Lord, I trust you, but just not with my parenting. Lord, I trust you, but just not with my job. Friends, that's not trusting in God. We got to fully, entirely trust in God. But secondly, we got to exclusively trust in God. Lean not on thy own understanding. God does not need our help with our own lives. Job 13 and verse 15 said this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. You know, Job there, all the different trials that Job went through, through the hardships, what did he say? Even if you kill me, Lord, I'm still going to trust in you. That's the idea of exclusively trusting in God. The outcome may not be what we want, but trusting in Him means it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It is easy to trust if we know the outcome. Isn't it? You know, hey, Lord, I'm going to trust in you because I know that this is what's going to happen. But what about if you don't know the outcome? What if you don't know the situation? What if you don't know what's behind that door? It's a whole lot harder to trust in Him, but we have to entirely and exclusively trust in Him. Thirdly, this morning, we have to understand the commission of trust. That is, how, how is it that I can live the lifestyle of trust? How is it that I, when I go out into the world and I see people, that they can see me and say, hey, this, is the, this person trusts in God. This person is one that simply puts their faith and allegiance to God. Go back to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6 is what we've been looking at. But I want you to look at verse 7. This is the commission. This is, this is how we demonstrate our trust. Look at verse 7. Notice what, notice what Solomon said here. He says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. There's three things here that you can show to demonstrate your trust in God. Number one, humble. Humble. Be humble to God. That is, do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you are more supreme than God. Submit yourself to God and humble yourself before Him. And you can do that in prayer. Number two, honor. Honor God. Honor, Be honorable to God. And that is fear the Lord. The idea of fear is not here shaking and trembling, but the idea of showing respect towards and humbling yourself before Him to show you so that you understand that God is sovereign like we talked about 
at the beginning. And lastly is to be a holy lifestyle, that is to depart from evil. You can also go back up to verses 1 through 4, showing the pretense of trust. He says, My son, do not forget my law, but keep, but let your heart um, keep my commandments for a length of days and long life, and peace will be added to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Friends, that's how you can trust in God. But we've looked at the... the um, command of trust, we looked at the conditions of trust, we looked at how we can carry it out, and lastly, let's look at the confidence that comes from trust. If we went back to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 through 17, after they won this victorious battle, you know what they gained? They gained a lot of confidence. You know, there in Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, it talks about don't worry. Don't worry about these things. Right? You know what the opposite of worry is? Confidence. And what's the solution to having confidence? That prayerful lifestyle. Having that prayerful lifestyle that we can live in our lives. Proverbs 28 and verse 20 says, He who puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So I want to ask you this morning, do you trust in God? Do you understand who He is? He's the person of trust. Have you conditioned, do you understand the conditions of trust? That it's not just something I can do partially or part of the time, but it's exclusively and entirely the commission that we live it out and the confidence it has when we trust in God. We, we sang the song before the lesson. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. So I want to ask you, look over those words this week. Can you trust in God? Maybe you're here this morning, you've never put your trust in God. You can do that this morning. Just like those did in the first century. There when Peter first preached the first gospel sermon, you know what he says? God believed, right? He says, you with wicked hands have crucified and slain both Lord and Christ. They had to believe. He told them who to believe in. He told them to repent of their sins, Acts 2, verse 37. Or Acts 2, verse 38. Confess the sweet name of Jesus, just like the Ethiopian eunuch did. And be buried in water and grave of baptism for the forgiveness of sins, Acts 2, verse 38. And that is the point in which you are immersed in the Christ to have your sins washed away, Acts 22, 16. And you put your faith and trust in Him. And that's when you begin your walk with Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you need the prayers of the church. Maybe you, maybe you have something that you need to turn over to God. We'll be glad to pray with you and for you. Glad to take your cares and worries of the world. Take them before God. Maybe you're here and you have sin in your life and you need the prayers of the church. We can help you anyways. Get together we stand and as we sing.